0: let's talk to our our next subject matter expert about what he reads and what he's going to read this summer. We're talking to Michael Petrack of the Pinnacle Society and just a couple notes um, to make you guys feel bad about yourselves because that's what my podcast is really all about. Uh, Michael's team has done $1.6 million through June of 2018 and Michael himself has billed $714,000 in the pharma industry. Um, So it doesn't sound like you have any time for reading based on those numbers, Michael. <laughs> no, it's
1: it's something I definitely want to make time for. Uh reading is a is a philosophical pillar of our company. And so uh as a group we read a book a quarter and we call really? it the book club. Yeah. So uh we've uh, we've accumulated quite a few books that we've read and I started this several years ago with myself and then when Tmac Direct was for- formed we uh kept it going and so uh it's really it's really been impactful because um you know it's it's helped me think more strategically uh, become a better salesperson, become a better communicator um and so it you know it's it's been hugely impactful in my
0: life um not just in business. there's no question that um you know when i I, I did this seminar that uh, i don't know if you ever uh, heard or saw it on the common denominators of top producers and Like so many of my seminars, it's frustrating because there aren't any like there's there's old and young and 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 super uh, educated and not educated. Um, But one of the things that keeps coming all up is they're curious people and the curious people read. Uh, But I I don't think I know anybody who's put it together in such a structured way. So is it like a true book club where you guys assign a book and then have a meeting where you talk about it?
1: Yes, exactly. So we, we uh, have one book a quarter, and we break it down into however many weeks there are. And uh, so we break it down into bite-sized reading, and then, and then we have sort of an open forum discussion where we rotate sort of the facilitator of it. And, uh, you know, it's 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 been a nice way for us not only to enhance who we are as people, but also get to know each other a little bit better because some really personal things come out. Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's hard to look at these books just through the lens of business, even though whenever I'm facilitating, I try to make it as much about business as possible, not to put anybody on the spot, but some real life things come out. So, Well, and the way you
0: interpret something you read um, says a lot about your, your personality. Like, um, you know, when I go to uh, when I go to Amazon and see some of the feedback on uh, books that I've published, sometimes I'm like, dude, what book did you read? Are you kidding me? But it's, it's what we bring into a book, you know, our own personalities, our own situations. And I think any good book or movie is like that, too. Like you can read it five years later and, and take something else out of it because your life's in a different place and you're looking at it differently. So do you choose the books for your team or does everybody get a choice?
1: Well, a lot of times what ends up happening is I start asking people about the books they're reading, you know, people that I really respect because I know that they're sort of doing the same thing. And so I keep a tally of them and, and, uh, we kind of go down the list. Sometimes an employee will have a suggestion, but they really rely on me to kind of be the, uh, you know, the, the person that's procuring what we may, we may be reading in the future, but I, you know, take suggestions and, you know, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're not.
0: Right. No, I hear you. So uh, we want to spend most of the time on your, on your like most influential book, but some of these I didn't know. So getting naked, uh, which is an interesting title. It's that's something I only do for doctors and not even for all of those. What, what is that about? So getting naked.
1: Uh, so first of all, um, there's a there's uh, this author his name is Patrick Lencioni, who wrote yep. it. Uh, we've read a couple of his books, one of which is mm-hmm. The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, but Getting Naked is really uh, it, it. There's no pictures, um, so don't get your hopes up. But uh, <laughs> it is it it is a consulting book, and really what it talks about is getting yourself in an exposed state, uh, breaking down the walls of, you know, pretending you know what, you you know, pretending you know more than you know, or uh, Mm -hmm. there's a whole bunch of different examples in there. And it's just like, go in there naked. uh, Whereas it's like, there's, there's no pretenses, there's no fluff, there's no showiness. It is just, hey, let's solve this problem together. And I don't, even though I'm your consultant, I don't know everything either. And right. so let's solve it together. And so, um, with the way that we sell here at CMAC Direct, and the way I have sort of do my business, is very consultative. And mm-hmm. as a result of that, uh, you know, a consulting book was really, really good. And I really like the way this author writes. So, it's a good one.
0: Well, yeah. Well, it's obviously worked. Uh, for those of you don't know, um, Michael is named um, one of Pharmaceuticals' most inspiring people among the 100 most inspiring people in the pharmaceutical niche. So, I find that. Clearly, the people that say I'm super niched also say I take a consultative approach, and those are the ones that get all the repeat business. So uh, that obviously works. And it sounds like one of the other books uh, uh, that you put in there, the Go Giver, which is a great title. If it's in, if the if the title is at all informative of what the book is about, it, is it about that whole idea that? Salespeople are generally trained to be takers, to, uh, and the way to really succeed is to give in the same aggressive way that salespeople are always historically taking. Exactly
1: right. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is shifting the whole mindset of being a go-getter to being a go-giver, and mm. uh, and it, it talks about five laws in, in there that uh, you know when if you're a, a trained a, you know go-getter. You know these these uh, laws sort of seem counterintuitive but uh, when you really put them into uh, application there are principles that are really something you can get behind and apply and again you know our philosophy is to take because we're so niched we um, we take a real long-term approach to every candidate call and client call. And you know, if they're not looking right now or looking for candidates right now, you know, it's not some artsy, uh, close or spin technique or anything. It is very much listening, understanding, bringing value. The whole point of, like the main takeaway for me that has helped me be foundational in my business is the idea of value, value and differentiation. So, Uh, there's a big and they kind of bring this out in the book that there's a huge difference between value and price Mm. how do you get how do you get to a point where your value is more than your recruiting fees because when your value is more than your recruiting fees they're going to pay your fee willingly happily because actually for them it's a steal so I'm always thinking about ways where I can create more value to my end users because I know in the end, that is going to lead to higher billings, um, and I'm not doing it for the higher billings. But at the same time, it's it's sort of like uh, the way I, I watched an interview with the one of the authors. His name is Bob Berg. Great guy. If you want to go onto YouTube, he has some good stuff. But he was, This is a quote from him. He basically said that um, your compensation is tied to the value you bring. So if we think about our billings, our billings are just a reflection and right. echo uh, to our value and so it's sort of like thunder and lightning they work together so if if anyone listening to this podcast wants to increase their billings and i'm assuming everyone does one of the ways you can do that is to try to think about how can i increase the value i'm bringing to my market and and then he talks about reach a little bit about how many people you're serving how well you're serving them it just it really applies to our business, so that's a great. Book. So so yeah,
0: con- concretize that for for me for a moment, because as you know, Danny Sarge, who also is, is on this podcast, he's he's. I think, live this idea very well, because I've had him in my office for mentoring. And while he's trying to make his recruiting calls, um, he'll get calls from people um, that are potential clients or potential candidates. And it's literally, I, I told him the most the most impressive thing I think I've ever seen live is people will call up and go, hey, hey Sarge, what's going on? Meaning literally, what's going on? on Wall Street today that I should know about. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's perceived as the guy in the know. Mm -hmm. And And that means he's established value long removed from what he's going to charge for candidates and what he delivers. And really, I'm sure you could say the same thing in pharma. I'm sure there are people that say to you in pharma, what do you think I should do here? Or do you think we should acquire this company? Or is this a good strategic idea to hire these people? Is that what you mean by value to be able to say beyond the search fees? I know things about this niche that I can share. Is that an example?
1: That's a that's a, a, a real-life example. From the candidate's point of view, I'm working with companies right before they're about to launch a product or right before as they're sort of gearing up to launch a product. And, you know, for instance, their stock may be low at that point, but because they're gearing up, there's something going on internally. None, no one knows, but it's a good indicator that good things are happening right so uh, often i get people call me hey so what are some of the small companies that are beginning to hire now and so there's there's some value to that person not only for their career but also potentially for their portfolio i don't know if that's what they're doing or not but Mm -hmm. uh but but also you know um sometimes a person will say hey i just got an offer from uh, xyz company what do you know about them what do you and they use me sort of as a sounding board and i'm like Whoa, whoa, whoa! how'd you learn about the opening? <laughs> you know, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I give them, you know, here's the gripes, here's the good, here's the bad. Um, yep. but the, one of the big things, like, here's, here's a way that I provide value far beyond what they're paying me. So every person that I pojo or present to a, a company, we call
0: it a pojo. Sure. Um, That's your MRI showing my friend.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, every person that we present to a company, every submittal, I guess, basically we know what their compensation is before we submit them. So Mm -hmm. we, we keep detailed records of every person that we submit to a company. Then we take detailed records, of course, of the salary of everybody that gets a job offer.
0: Then we can show
1: the average salaries of the people that are We are presenting which gives us a greater cross-section of the whole industry and then we can talk about pay increases so I give an annual salary uh, presentation and I invite every client every prospective client I invite hundreds of hiring managers to come to this free podcast uh, to learn this data and I give the slide deck out now I can charge thousands of dollars for that and I'd probably get it because it's, it's, it's informative, sure. but I, but sure. I give it away. But, but basically yep. I become the go-to person in their mind for that. And that's the, that's branding to its sense. And part of what the go-giver talks about is, am I serving a greater number of people by doing that than if I were to charge? Yes. And so by doing that, it comes back and folds and, you know, but that's just sort of, the best way to do yeah that's an summer. awesome
0: example so so here's a here's the real big question based on this whole idea of podcast and you know the I put it out in the summer because everybody says you know the summer life's easy, the living's easy let's let's read, but I obviously uh would have done it any time of year because I think reading is an ongoing thing for the curious. Is it fair to say that? the Go-Giver book was read and then you put together this idea of branding or did it just concretize an idea you already had? Uh, I'm just curious to what degree it, it inspired the idea, which is a great idea.
1: I uh, appreciate it. You know, um, I take a really big view on marketing. Marketing is one of the big, you know, branding and marketing. is so it's right. such a huge important thing what I do. And so, uh, you know, one of the downfalls to reading so much is you don't know if it's like your thoughts or if it's someone else's thought or where, where it kind of came from. It's like you have so many of these great ideas pouring into your mind at all the time that sometimes it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Um, and, right. it, and it grows, it grows organically through your own lens, you know, but, but, uh, but it it is such, I think reading just in general, just to talk about that topic, I read every single day I'm, I, mm. I start my day reading off starting off with reading the bible every day of my life i start off reading at least 15 minutes in the bible uh hey, let's I talk it. about
0: that because i asked everybody what the biggest most influential book was and you uh and i realized you were sort of tongue-in-cheek but you said hey is it okay to talk uh about to give a, a shout out to the bible and and i thought it was funny because i get that right like i'm a practicing catholic and I can be found at seven thirty every Sunday at St. Mary's in Unionville, Connecticut, but it is odd how you' sort of feel in the normal course of of life that it's supposed to be like you know, let's keep that under wraps um and and as a, yeah. but when I read your email, I said, well, sure we can talk about it like it's you know, but I said to myself, Do I read it and I'm like no, I have to admit. Even as a practicing Catholic, I outsource it, right? Like I, every Sunday, it's being read to me, and I sort of outsource the the good parts. And my feeling about the Bible over the years, because I've been, you know, inculcated in it since I was a, a little kid, my feeling about the Bible over the years has become like the movie Titanic. Like I already know how it ends, so I don't watch it. Um, and 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 I can't, you know, I can't say that I have any sort of true. Um, command of the Bible. I feel like I've heard all the stories and I could tell you what the stories mean, but I don't feel like uh, very, very few people who even are really observant, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that read it every single day. So talk to me about what that does for you and how you structure that.
1: Okay. Well, uh, I really appreciate you bringing this up because it is of the utmost importance and uh, to me. And um yeah. You know, and, and not to get into any kind of theology or anything like right. this, but, uh, you know, there are some huge principles. I look at the Bible as not a book of stories, but a, a an outline of principles. And, and I try to uh, create a very strong relationship with God. And the way I found to do that is I pray, that's me talking to him, and then reading the Bible is him talking to me. And yeah. and and so, so that. that's our that's our two way communication. And like you said initially about rewatching a movie. Like you said about when you reread a book, you're like, Wow, oh, I didn't even catch that. Um yeah. but but the, the, the word of God is alive, the Bible says. And what that basically mm-hmm. means is as you read it, it means different things to you at different stages of your life. You catch different things. Uh, what you were praying about may be answered in a scripture that you never even noticed before. And so for mm-hmm. me, uh, I try to read at least one chapter of the Bible a day, but I also look at it thematically uh, based on quest- curiosities that I have about certain things that mean a lot to me. But there are so many principles, Danny, that apply to our business in the Bible. Uh, and, and, in, uh, if, in the the best, the best books that you can read, leave you with principles that not only apply to business, but apply everywhere in life. Um, yeah. because you know, for me, I didn't want to be just be successful in the recruiting business. I want to be successful in every single aspect of life. And, right. uh, and it's a, it's a journey, but I mean, there, there are some obvious principles like don't lie, cheat or steal, uh, do on to others and things like that. But here are some other ones I jotted down. Um. There's a there's a um a scripture, Matthew seven, six, that says don't cast your pearls before swine.
0: Right. And so
1: yep. um you know, it, and to apply that in our business, what is our the biggest pearl that we have is our time. And how many times are we casting that pearl before a bad job order? Or right. a candidate the swine could be anything respond. that's
0: negative. Right, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I
1: I try to uh, try to avoid that as much as I I possibly can. uh, There's a ton in in the Book of Proverbs, but Proverbs 16:18, "Pride is before a crash." So after you, pride go
0: before
1: fall. Yeah, exactly, exactly, right, Right. exactly, right. So uh, like when I'm after you've done this business for a little bit and you've had the same conversation over and over and over and over, you can become prideful a little bit when, like when you're talking to talent acquisition and they're kind of giving you a hard yep. time and, yep. and I have to remind myself, look, man, swallow your pride, bite your tongue mm-hmm. because we don't want to blow this thing up. Uh, here, right. here's another one for, for, uh, people that are maybe doing like a solo recruiting thing. Proverbs 15:22 says plans fail where there is no consultation. The beautiful thing about being on your own is yeah, you don't have to answer anyone. But the hard thing about right. that is you don't, you don't really have a you board don't have of directors. Anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so, uh, you know, that's a good business, uh, foundational business principle of saying, Hey, you know, maybe I need to get a second opinion. Maybe I need to have a board of directors in my life, people that I, I can go to for sound advice, you know, to phone a friend. One more, uh, first Peter three 11 says to seek peace. I know a lot of recruiters that burn bridges everywhere they go contentious bridge detonating people, but the people that last in a niche, they seek peace because they know every single person is needed. <laughs> so those are just a couple. I don't want to hit everybody over the head with the Bible. Or anything.
0: No, no, no. You know, you, you remind me that, uh, one time I was, uh, I was, I was wandering around the streets of, uh, New York and I saw that in a bookstore, big bookstore, uh, in the village, uh, Christopher Hitchens was speaking. Now I knew Christopher Hitchens as a political writer and I knew he was very aggressive and funny and cynical. And I thought, well, this would be funny to hear him do a book reading. And I went into the bookstore and it ended up being a debate. And the book he had just published was, I I can't remember the name of it now, but it was basically uh, why he was an atheist um, and he was debating um, uh, uh, some sort of Christian scholar. And And, you know, it was interesting, um, and they were going back and forth. And, of course, these aren't aren't positions anybody's going to convince anybody of. But I I thought it was wonderful that at one point Hitchin said, look, you're never going to convince me uh, uh, that I shouldn't be an atheist, but here's what I'll give you. Everything in the Bible about how to live, you can't beat the Ten Commandments. You can't beat... The uh, suggestions for how to live a good life and we can debate over and over again whether there's some supreme deity overseeing all of it, but you certainly can learn a lot about how to live and it's pretty hard to hear things like, you know, uh, the golden rule, or or not to cheat, or lie, or kill, and not say, yeah, that's pretty good advice. Actually, <laughs> uh, that actually would work out pretty well if we all lived moral lives. Uh, no question about it. But what I find is interesting about what you do. Uh, I think a lot of people are not willing to go the extra mile to say because I have uh, a lot of. Friends who say, I I went to Shakespeare and the, the language was just dead. I couldn't understand it. And it's like, seriously, you don't see any relevance? to hamlet um in an age of narcissistic people that everybody talks about the millennials being narcissistic and here's this amazing play about the essence of narcissism and you don't see the relevance most people see the language in the bible and they don't understand in 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 your case that the swine can can be can be anything it can be being on linkedin too much it can be a bad job order as you said they just don't want to do the work to transpose the old language into its new relevance for you. But clearly you're willing to do that work and, and it, uh, the, the, the results speak for themselves. No question about it. Awesome.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. It's, uh, it's yeah. really been the most impactful by far, not even close thing I've read. But speaking of the golden rule, another good book, just as a quick plug is the platinum rule that sort of is a of spin-off of it. So the Platinum Rule talks about the different personality types, and the, the Golden Rule is commonly known as treat, do unto others as you would have do unto yourself, or you know, right. treat people how you want to be treated. But right. the Platinum Rule kind of spins on that, and it says, you know, based on these different personality types, these different personality types want to be treated like they want to be treated. So don't don't treat them how you want to be treated, because it might not be how they want to be treated, based uh. on their different personality type. It's sort of like love languages. You know, mm-hmm. if, if yeah. you know if if expressing love is how I view love, but they want they 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 feel loved by service. We could be talking different languages, and so right. Yeah, uh, the the platinum rule really has helped me to identify a personality type in my client or candidate and adjust. So.
0: Awesome. Michael, this has been so helpful. I, I honestly want to like get off the phone and send an email to my people saying we're going to start a book club. Um, that, that's how cool I think that idea is. But just so everyone knows, um, Michael's entire list will be uh, on the uh, podcast link, um, along with uh, Michael's bio and contact information if you guys want to be in touch with him. My friend, thanks so much.
1: Thank you. This is a pleasure.
0: Appreciate it. Take Bye. care. Thanks, Danny.